Recorded live in the Phantasmo Lounge, high atop the Fred Grandy Building in beautiful Midtown Portsmouth, Virginia. It's Phantasmo After Dark with your host, Rob Floyd, and co-host, Phyllis Floyd. Tonight's topic, the Monster Squad. I'm in the goddamn club, aren't I? Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the old podcast. Hey, Phyllis. Hey, Rob. Tonight, we're talking about the Monster Squad. You know, I can't believe we haven't done this one yet. Yeah, me either. This just seems like it would be a given, a go-to, you know? It does indeed, much as we like it. Yeah, and we'll see if we can talk about it without me just gushing about how good it is over and over and over again. (laughs) Well, hopefully we can do that. But, you know, this really is a really good movie. (laughs) (laughs) And so it begins. (laughs) No, this is an awesome film. It's it's one that I've liked from the get-go. I mean, you know, from the first time I saw it, it's such a great tribute to the classic monster movies. Or, you know, the universal monster movies and all that I love, 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 love. Do you love them? In case you didn't know that, I love them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's, you know, it's, it's cool. Well, we'll get into the makeup and stuff as we go on. But the coolest thing about it for me is it has the classic universal monsters. I mean, you know, the Frankenstein, Dracula, a Dracula, uh, <laughs> Wolfman, Creature, and Mummy. And it reimagines them slightly. Right. But still stays very faithful to the, you know, the original look. Yeah. And all without totally just going off book and doing, you know, their own thing, like, you know, that Van Helsing movie and, you know, many since then, where they just try to totally make a new look for him, which, what's the point? Right. Make a new monster then. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And this is very uh, faithful and very respectful of the look of the monsters. Right. You know, mm-hmm. mainly <laughs> trying to avoid step on copyrights, the exactly. universal copyright looks, but still, it's obvious who they are. Right. Anyway, we'll come back to that in a minute, because I can talk about that for a long time. But uh, some cool things about this movie. One, it came out in 87. A couple years after Goonies came out. So these, you know, kids movies, kids adventure movies or whatever, kind of kind of in, I guess. Right. And for my money, this is the better movie. Well, of course. Uh, a lot of people will argue that. And Goonies is a good movie, you know, but it just didn't do anything for me. And it's not one I care to see again. I mean. Well, Goonies was fine and it was enjoyable. Yeah. And I, I did enjoy it. I still enjoy it. But I like Monster Squad better. Yeah. It's, it's more up my alley, I guess. Yeah. And it, but it, it, whatever, it doesn't matter. We're not yeah. here to compare. Monster Squad yeah. um, has many, many things in it that do exactly what it was set up to do, which we can get into later. Yeah. But well, okay, written by Fred Decker and Shane Black. Yeah, Shane Black, you know his name from uh, oh, he wrote a couple of movies like Lethal Weapon and things like that, and he has some <laughs> other movies. And Fred Decker went on to do night or around the same time, I think, or maybe it's just before they did Night of the Creeps mm-hmm. and some other movies and all. Which, incidentally, Night of the Creeps, there's some graffiti on it. It might be a bathroom wall or a wall in, I don't know if it's I a school. I think it was a bathroom wall, yeah. Yeah, that says uh, Monster Squad Rules. Yeah. So that was kind of neat for him to do that. And again, you know, this was a labor of love, I think, for Decker writing this film. They were saying in some interviews that we saw that he's just he was kind of like a big kid and really related to the kids. That's why he got good performances out of them, mm-hmm. you know. So I imagine that if you're you're listening to this, I mean, most people who listen to this podcast have a clue what these movies are about before we get into them. But why don't we give a, a basic synopsis of this film? Okay, yeah, well, well let's backpedal and do that because I'll get ahead and start talking about other stuff. Indeed, like we do. Tangents <laughs> like galore. Like we do. 
it's it's a real simple plot, which is cool because it just gets right into it and gets going. Yeah, very easy. You know, it starts off with a flashback or it starts off in the past where Von Helsing and a group of villagers are going to raid Dracula's castle. Right. And there's this amulet that... Does it tell that about that in the scroll at the beginning? I don't know if it does in the beginning. I can't remember, but regardless. Anyway, they have to uh, this amulet that will open a hole in space and time, and they will suck all the evil in, basically. Yeah. Yep. And they're trying to get to that so they can stop Dracula. And they get there, and they get attacked by some vampire chicks, and I guess and Dracula, Dracula comes up. Do yep. we see Dracula yet? Yeah. In that scene, okay. And the villagers bring a virgin with them who has to read this. This passage, spell or whatever that will activate the amulet and open the hole, and they'll all, you know, it doesn't just suck in evil; it sucks in every damn thing. Yes, it does. <laughs> Regardless, they failed spectacularly. Yeah. And then it flashes to the present. Yeah, because it's supposed to be like a cycle of every hundred years, the evil comes back or something like that. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, a hundred years later, somehow that amulet and von Helsing's journal. Ends up in small town America. Yes. And the amulet ends up in a mansion house on the other side of town. Mm-hmm. There are these two kids, best friends who are big monster fans, have this monster club with a couple of other kids. And uh, one of them, mom, buys Van Helsing's journal at a yard sale because it, it's by that guy that he likes or something like that, <laughs> you know, like like moms do. Oh, here's a little thing that I thought you like because you're into this. And it turns out it's Van Helsing's journal. And the kid's like, holy shit, you know. It, just go with it. You know, just let you, it happen. Just I mean, go with it. It has to happen for the movie to go on. And, you know, watching the movie, I'll laugh at it and joke about it. It doesn't bother me. Nope, not a bit. As simple as simple and ridiculous as that is, doesn't bother me. <laughs> because the movie just keeps on rolling, you know. But it's all in German, so they, and he can't read it. So he gets his friends... They're up in the, they had, oh, their tree house, their monster clubhouse is beautiful. It is covered. You may want to like freeze frame a couple scenes in this. <laughs> uh, the theatrical posters they've got on the wall, like uh, Vampire Circus and Destroy All Monsters. And there's Aurora Glow Boxes in the corner and a couple of buildups and some Collegeville costumes. and just It's amazing. All, all kinds of monster memorabilia and, and you know, monster kid stuff in there. It's beautiful. <laughs> brings tear to my thing about it <laughs> now during this time while they're doing this dracula has awakened and somehow has gotten loaded through like dracula does yes on a plane coming back to the united states his coffin along with a big all the other monsters box of frankenstein monster yes not all the other monsters they're already here oh that's right that's right there's a, a mummy exhibit at the museum yeah a mummy escapes from. Yes. Oh, and the line is uh, the two cops are talking, and they have a great rapport. The two guys playing yeah, the cops is very do. natural, mm-hmm. back and forth. Especially the uh, the partner of the mm-hmm. dad, his his reactions, his lines are so they're just <laughs> real, you know. But he says, two thousand year old dead guys do not get up and walk away by themselves." And then the next scene it shifts to the mummy walking and walking in the dark. Right. Apparently, that exact line. And scene was used in Night of the Creeps also. Oh, okay. He did that on purpose. Cool. And there's a guy, the police catch this guy. The guy turns himself in to the police station saying, lock, lock me up. I'm a werewolf. Lock me up. They won't lock him up. So he pulls a gun out, shoots us through the roof and says, lock me up. And they end up shooting him dead. We're not dead, really. But, but of course, on the way to the uh, 
the coroner or whatever in the van is a full moon. He wakes up, slaughters a guy, goes running off into the night. So we got those two monsters here. Yep. Dracula. This is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Dracula and the Frankenstein's monster are on a plane. Yeah. And a big crate like uh, being shipped to like McDougal's is on the plane with the, and it says Frankenstein <laughs> on the side. That's for us. Short, shorthand for us. That's why it's on there. there you, you know. Anyway, the two guys fly in the plane. Here's something. One guy goes in the back and he's looking around and uh, I think a bat flies by him. He's like, you know, what the hell? And he falls down and he's looking at the crate and he turns around and Dracula's standing right there. Complete in the black tux with the cape, looking regal as hell. It's looking amazing. Looking sharp. And the guy, for some reason, freaks out and, and opens the bomb bay door. They're on an old B-52 bomber or something. Opens the bomb bay doors. The Frankenstein crate falls out. And Dracula stays standing there, floating in the air with his arms <laughs> crossed, looking like like a badass. Like, it what? It was great. And his cape blows off. And he stands there looking at the guy. And he just turns into a bat and flies away. It's such a cool scene. <laughs> you know, describing it doesn't do it justice. No, you've got to see it. And I got to say, this Duncan Rieger is probably one of my favorite screen Draculas. This one movie. He does a great job. It He doesn't try to imitate Lugosi Mm-mm. or Christopher Lee, but he has little elements of both. Mm-hmm. He's very regal looking and acting. Mm-hmm. And then they get you, you get a couple scenes, especially the end where he's walking up at the finale there and, he, and these cops are coming up trying to get him. He's just wrecking shop on these guys, but like it's nothing, like yeah. they're gnats. Right. Really showing how, you know, the the power, the strength, yeah. you know, that Dracula has. Yeah. You know, much better than a lot of the modern movies to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he did a great job with this. And just a, a little aside right now, because I'm thinking of it, when we were watching the, the um, extras or whatever, they said that the first person they really thought they were going to cast until they saw this guy, until they saw Duncan. Oh yeah, was Liam Neeson. That's right. He <laughs> Can was. You imagine up, him. Yeah, as he's who Dracula? they wanted as Dracula, but then they saw Duncan Rieger in some performance, and they're like, "Oh wait, no, this guy this is guy's who we want." Yeah, I can't even imagine Liam as. I mean, I love Liam Neeson. Yeah, but I can't imagine him as that part now after seeing Duncan do it. Yeah. You know. But anyway, keep going. Yeah. But there's another. There's a Monster Squad connection to Liam Neeson though. What's that? I think it's John Reese who plays the werewolf uh-huh. in this, plays the wolfman. Yeah. He's one of Brian's guys in Taken. Oh, you're right. <laughs> now that you said it, I can see his face. And, yeah. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. I didn't even think of that. That's great. Little did he You know. are welcome. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you very much. So it just so happens that Dracula flies off and Frankenstein's monster falls into the They the fall swamp, in this into lake. Into the same town where the wolfman and... Yeah. Uh, and the mummy are already yeah. situated. Well, yeah, it's only a ninety-minute movie, so it's fate. Yeah, we got, we got, you got to speed things along a little bit. Well, it's fate. The yeah. that was there drew yeah. the monsters. You know, that's what happened. That's right. That's right. Evil <laughs> finds a way. The only weird part about this to me is that it's daytime, and Dracula's in bat form, hanging from a tree. He's not in his coffin somewhere. He didn't have to go. That's the only part to me. I'm like, eh. but you know, the you whole movie. With that's it, what Bob. bothers me. Just that, right? <laughs> Now, the other cool thing is you think if you didn't see the poster, okay, you, and you didn't know, you just go, okay, hey, Wolfman, Mummy, Dracula, Frankenstein, we're good. We're golden. Yeah, let's We go. got a movie here, right? Buckle up. The next scene that we see the monsters in is dark. Mm-hmm. Dracula changes to Dracula grabs and is walking towards the, uh, the water. Mm-hmm. The Wolfman strides up. The Mummy strides up. 
And Dracula's looking at the water, and all of a sudden the crate, the Frankenstein crate, slowly rises to the surface, and you're like, oh, okay, he's using his Dracula powers, whatever. Right. He's going to pull it there. And then all of a sudden it, it bursts through the water, and there's the Gill Man. The Amazing. creature from Black Lagoon is holding the, the crate over his head, throws it <laughs> on the bank, and you're like, oh, we got the creature too. Awesome. Awesome. You know, now how we got in that little body of water from the Amazon. Does not matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> he he hopped Godzilla's back and wrote, I don't know, whatever, you know. He gets out of the water and then Dracula does this amazing thing. He has this wolf's head cane. And it's so <laughs> cheesy, but so cool at the same time. He has this cane and he, he pulls the little ears off of it that have these cord, these wires to them. Yes. And he clamps the, the ears. They're like electrodes. They clamp on the bolts on Frankenstein. And he holds the cane up to the sky. And immediately. Like a lightning rod. <laughs> and calls forth a storm. And the lightning comes down and, and activates a Frankenstein monster. Boom. We're going. The movie's in full full, full, full speed now. <laughs> it's so awesome. It's it's On the one hand, it's cheesy as hell. But it's handled so well. At no point did I feel like I was watching cheese no. when I watched that. Scene. No, the whole time I'm going, oh, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Of course, that's what you do. Yeah, it, uh, oh, and you know that's, that is a testament though to the director too. I need that cane. Yeah, I, well, I've got one similar. I know, but do its ears come off? Can we make a lightning rod out of it? Do you have a Frankenstein monster lying around you need to activate? There might Don't be worry one about in it, the then. garage. Well, there is. Well, uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> he needs a little work, though. Well, more, more, than, more than electricity will help. <laughs> anyway, now while that's going on, we have story with the kids going on, and you find out the the, the lead kid, uh, Sean, his parents are having problems. His dad's the cop, mm-hmm. uh, and his parents are having problems, so you get a little character development there. Yada, 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 yada. Uh, <laughs> We just won't see the monsters. Yeah. They have to get the journal, the Von Helsing's diary. Uh, they need translate somebody to read it. it. They yeah. need to translate it. So there's, of course, there's this scary German guy lives in town. as the house and all the kids walk around because he's a scary old guy. And they I decide, love this. I love This is one of the best German scenes guy. in this the movie. This is the best. They're the creepiest scenes in the movie. It is, actually. Anyway, they decide they need to go meet this guy because he's the only German guy they know. And they go up to the house and they end up going in. Turns out he's a very nice guy. He makes some pie <laughs> and says, okay, let's see you know, what you have here. And he translates the journal and reads, here's what you have to do. Here's when it's going to happen. And, oh, wow, that's tomorrow night. Right. What a coincidence. Yeah, and they're like, glad we came today. Yes. You know? <laughs> now we have to find a virgin. Yeah. But... As they're leaving the house, he says uh, to the kids, he says, oh, I bet you, you know, you thought I was a monster, so you thought I was a vampire. But, you know, vampires can't cast a reflection. He looks in the mirror, and they're like, wow, you sure know a lot about monsters, don't you? And he says, now that you mention it, maybe I do. And as he's shutting his front door, the camera, it doesn't zoom in, but the camera sets. As he shuts the front door, you see his forearm there, and it has numbers on it. It has his Auschwitz a concentration camp tattoo. Right. And that moment is like, ooh. <laughs> it yeah. makes your hair stand up. It's like every single time yeah. I see that scene, I get goosebumps. Every single shit just time. got real. Yeah. <laughs> I mean literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that scene, man. Amazing. Yeah. But then we bring it back up again and we get a montage. <laughs> right. With a Michael Cimbello song. I'll 
uh, of the kids getting ready to confront the monster. Well, to go to confront the monsters and to try to find that medallion on Shatterbrook Lane. Of course, it's Shatterbrook Lane. Of course, it is, is where this old mansion house is. And what number is it, Rob? Six 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 Shatterbrook Lane. What other number would it be? That's right. So they're doing stuff. They're making wooden stakes. They're they're getting Monster Squad cards printed up. They're, they're trying uh, to find out if uh, Jigger's sister is a virgin. Yeah. And, because yeah. it has to be a female virgin, apparently. Even though, you know, all those kids are probably virgins. But you know, nobody said anything well, it about it. It has to be it. a damsel in distress. I guess so. Nobody, nobody gives a shit about a dude in distress. <laughs> I guess. Right? There's a little funny scene where they, they try to talk to the, the other kid's older sister to find if she's a virgin. And, oh, and we failed to, to mention that in the middle of all this, they befriend the Frankenstein monster. Yes. Dracula sends Frankenstein's monster to go kill the children and get Von Helsing's journal. Yeah. I don't know how he knows that so they have it. He ends up befriending do. the children. Yeah. Especially the little girl. There's a cool scene, a little nod to the original Frankenstein where the girl's by the water. Mm-hmm. And the monster comes up. She looks up at him. And you're like, oh. And then the next scene, she introduces the monster to the rest of the kids and we have a little rascals moment where yeah. they all go running away and jump in trash, cans, in trash cans which basically this movie is little rascals meet the monsters yeah which is awesome so f- there's some cool scenes with the, the kids and the frankenstein monster and yeah goes on and then it's night they go to the mansion to try to get the uh the amulet and do surprisingly well <laughs> amazingly so and here we get one of the best lines in the movie yeah or most quoted at the very least yeah now, the reason Dracula doesn't have the amulet, though, is because it's in a hidden, behind a wall in a hidden room in the mansion, but it's like in the middle of this room and there's garlic and crosses hanging up from the ceiling all around it so he can't get to it. Mm-hmm. So the kids get it and they manage to actually get out of the mansion Yes. and get away from Dracula and the wolfman and the vampire brides. Thanks to a slice of pizza. So a slice of garlic pizza pressed into the... Dracula's face. Indeed. Yeah, I know. Just always, go, just, always just, take a snack. J- just go with it. Well, yeah, that's what it tells you. Always take a snack wherever you go. That's right. Yeah. You know, we can't be hangry. No. Then they have to get to the, uh, they want a public place so they can read this incantation and with the amulet and banish evil. And they go, there's a ch- old church in the center of town. Let's go there. Right next to the Back to the Future clock tower. I believe it is, yeah. That's the same black back lot they use for all those movies. <laughs> so they get there, and they get the the kid's sister, and they start reading the incantation. And it's goofy because she's a ditzy blonde teenager and from the eighties. So there's little comedy bits in there, and the kids start fighting the monsters that are coming towards them while they're trying to read that. And there's some really great scenes with that. Yeah. They finish reading the incantation. Nothing happens, and they look up at her and says, "You're not a virgin, are you?" <laughs> and they're like, what are we going to do? And then the other little kid turns to the, and the points at the little sister yeah. and says, how about her? Is she a virgin? And the German guy's like, she is. He says, but she can't read. He's like, I'll help her. So the German guy is repeating or is reading the incantation and the little girl's repeating it. Yeah. Cool. Right. Why didn't they do that to begin with? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Anyway, a lot of cool action. A lot of stuff happens. Needless to say, the good guys win. Yes. And the monsters are, are banished. Yes. Uh, or killed. And that's that's the basic plot. I mean, there's lots of other little things in there. Lots yeah. of really cool scenes. Yeah, there's a lot of there's little little 
tear in your eye kind of moment there with with Frankenstein's monster at the end. Oh yeah, yeah. We've glossed over a ton Fun. of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot more in this movie than that. Oh, one of my favorite bits is when the youngest kid in the club writes a letter to the army. Oh. <laughs> Dear army guys, come quick. There's monsters, Eugene. Yeah. That's all. Army guys find how to get there. And see, it's like this the monster movies of the 50s or the 60s. Yeah. This is what I love about it is it it doesn't this movie doesn't have that disdain yeah. for monsters or or that uh, disrespect, that cynical view yeah. of everything. Like if, and they always have to have the thing now. And I guess like it, it would be more like in real life if you mm-hmm. say, "Hey, there's a vampire living down the street." And like, yeah, vampires. Right. And this is like, "Hey, Dracula's crossed time." Dracula? Dracula? <laughs> what should we do? Right. You know, and it's like, we got to take care of it. Like in the movies in the 50s, you know, in the 60s and, and before that, it's like, right. there's a monster two streets over. Oh, my God. Well, let's get some guys and go get it. Yeah. Instead of today, you know, there's a monster. Pff, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know. Yeah. This, the only, you know, they do have that one time when the, the dad goes to Eugene's closet and he's like, there's a oh, monster yeah, yeah. in my closet. Yeah. And, you know, and that. That's a little nod and wink to all this stuff. Yeah. Like basically, it's like let's get this crap out of the way. Yeah. And get back to the movie because exactly. you know you want you, you know you're expecting somebody to be like this yeah. in real life. And that scene. And that's it. It's perfect. But it has that scene sh- <laughs> shouldn't be in the movie. It the only it has reason nothing to do with it. Yeah. The only reason that scene is there is for that purpose. Yeah. Is to give you that because there's little bits like with the two cops. He's like, how the mummy get and walk away? Can't do that. Yeah, right. It's a werewolf. Nobody's a werewolf. Right. But they don't go over and over and over. It happens yeah. and then they believe it after a bit. Right. But that one scene. Okay, let me, let me, let's go back and set up the scene here. <laughs> the little kid goes to the dad's room and says, monster in, in my room. And dad goes, oh, he wakes up and goes, okay, okay, okay. And goes, oh, look at all these monsters. You know, there's no, and there's not. Get no, out, monsters. Get out, monsters. Get out. There's no, there's no monsters there. And he says, he says, did I get all the monsters? And the kid points to the closet. And the dad opens the closet door, but looks at the kid. Doesn't look doesn't, at the... Yeah, look opens it for closet. us and says, ooh, you know, look at all those monsters. And the, you see the mummy starting to raise his hand. And he shuts the door. And he tells the kid, yeah, you go to sleep or you're, I'm not going to let you watch it. Uh, read any more of those monster magazines or something like that. And he leaves and the kid opens his eyes and you see the uh, scrap of bandage like going out the window, like the mummy climbed out the window. Why the hell did the mummy come in his room? <laughs> and why the hell did he get in the closet? Who knows? And then why did he leave? Just it makes for us. no sense whatsoever. <laughs> but it's a funny little aside. Mm-hmm. And as the movie's progressing, you don't really think about why yeah. while the movie's going. I mean, this is how good the movie is and how, you know, the pace of it. You really don't think about that. And it doesn't stop you. It's after the fact that you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> what just happened? But the rest of the movie, and the thing, one of the things I love about it so much is that it has the spirit of, of those older movies where it's just, here's what's happening. We got to do this. Let's go. Mm-hmm. There's a vampire. There's Dracula. Well, we need some wooden stakes. And Dracula looks like Dracula. Yeah. Evening, tux, cape, and nobody's making fun of it. Nobody's, you know, there's no no cynical or ironic, like, oh, because <laughs> if they do a modern version, he's got to wear a long trench coat. And have modern clothes, and is and this it's a classic look of Dracula, and he takes no shit, right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And the makeup in this is beautiful. Well, all the monsters, duh, of course it is. Who did? Well, the it's makeup, Stan Winston. Rob? Stan Winston did all the creature designs, 
and incidentally based the werewolf look off his own face. And you can kind of see it around the eyes a little bit. And to get away from, you know, the universal copyrights, they gave him like the, the ears, the pointed ears on top, kind of like Curse of the Werewolf and more of a lupine mm-hmm. looking snout. But he's still more of a wolf man than, than the big werewolf with the big wolf head. Right. Which I like better, the, the wolf man look. Mm-hmm. More appealing to me anyway. Um, the mummy, the only problem I have with the mummy, the mummy looked great. Yeah. Is that he was too small compared mm-hmm. to the rest of the monsters. Yeah. It's just like the wind would blow him away. It just, you know, but he looked great. It was just a little too small. Wind kind of did blow him away. Yeah, more way. or less, yeah. Actually, that was thanks to Pete which I would like to say that Pete got no credit in this movie. Pete was the dog, the Monster Squad's mascot. Yes. And nobody talks about Pete. No. Pete no. was in every fight. He went to the mansion. That's right. He was there in, in the square, and nobody yeah. ever said anything about Pete. Pete doesn't need thanks. <laughs> Pete was professional doing his job. Yes. Pete was yeah. an amazing dog. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but now, the creature suit. Beautiful. Yes. Okay. Now I am in the camp of the creature from the creature from the Black Lagoon that you are not going to improve on that suit from the original right. movie. It is it is a thing of beauty. It is one of the best designed classic monster suits, rubber monster suits, whatever you call it, ever done. Mm-hmm. It still looks good to this day to me mm-hmm. and to millions of other people. <laughs> <laughs> this one, they didn't try to reinvent the wheel, right? It's the best thing about it is it fits the guy so snug. You know, there's no wrinkles in it when he moves, you know, right. around the arms or anything. And the it's they didn't try to re you know redo the colors that much. They just added a little more to it. Mm-hmm. Made the you know fins on the arms and the heads a little on the back a little more pronounced. Mm-hmm. The head, pretty. I mean, it's pretty close to the original. They didn't try to like super rechange it. They made the mouth a little bigger and gave it teeth. Made the eyes a little bigger. Yeah, I think I the, say, the they had a fin on top. Was like the teeth part yeah. kind of gave it a, a weird, more of a bestial yeah. kind of look, yeah. piranha kind of look. Yeah, which I get that. That's the part of it I didn't like quite as much as the teeth. Right on it didn't didn't ruin it for me though. No, it's not like they it's still you know, a great suit. Yeah, it could have really been bad. Yeah, that's for sure. But it still it looked great. The Frankenstein monster, fantastic. Yeah, amazing. Fantastic. It was so much of a tribute to the original with hints to the look of Curse of Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Kind of a cross between the two, the looks. It's amazing when you first see, when they first pull open the crate and they pull the lid off and it's kind of a side view, he really looks like Boris. The profile mm-hmm. and everything. But then later on, he doesn't really look like him at all. But there's a lot of, it's like, yeah, yeah, okay, I see how close you're getting to mm-hmm. that look, you know. Right. And it's just, it's fantastic. And Tom Noonan did a great job as right. the monster. Yeah. Duncan Rieger's look as as Dracula, classic vampire look. They didn't give him like the Lugosi Widow's Peak, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they shied away from that on purpose. Yeah, I think it was avoid a good choice. Yeah, yeah, but he still has this slicked back hair and and just the whole pale complexion and all Mm -hmm. and you do see his fangs a couple times yeah uh, but not all the time you know they don't overdo that so the monsters were just fantastic yeah when you do see them it's um well placed well timed and the very best is the 
the last bit when oh, he's yeah. got the little girl. He lifts her up. By her chin. And is holding her up. Ab- That's amazing. Yeah. And, well, you know, you we watched that behind the scenes thing. When the little girl screams, oh, it's right. real. Yeah. Because that's the first time she ever saw him with the fangs and the contact zen and everything. Yeah. And uh, on purpose, Duncan Rieger did not appear or didn't want the kids around in any of the scenes where he had to have the fangs. Or yeah. The, I, I can't remember the, any of the other ones off the yeah, top of my head. Yeah, and he but, said that he didn't really hang out with them yeah, at all. Yeah, he, he stayed, stayed away, away from them. To keep that mystique and the realness of the character. Yeah. So the first time this little girl sees him with the fangs bare and those contacts and looking all mean is when he turns around and faces her and when he's got her lifted up like that. And hisses at her. And hisses at her. And her reaction, well, the director said, I want you, when he, when he turns around, I want you to scream. Oh, no, no. no. He doesn't tell her when. He doesn't win. He says, okay, this next scene, I just want you to scream as loud as she can. And this is like a little five-year-old girl and she's like, when he said you'll know when yeah and when he turns around and hisses at her like that and she screams that's her really screaming because she's scared yeah yeah she so, said they did an interview with her as an adult and yeah. she said that was a, a real reaction she said i was terrified <laughs> <laughs> it worked yeah you know and duncan i think he said he felt kind of bad <laughs> yeah <laughs> because he scared her so much but it was it's a great scene it comes off it works great yeah, yeah. i'm gonna say it one more time I love this movie. It's, it's so good and so much fun. We showed it in Arrow a little while back. A couple months ago. No, was it? No, it was like last year, wasn't it? I don't even it know. It was a few months ago. It's within anyway. the last year. Yeah. Uh, had a good sized crowd for it. Yeah. You know, and everybody loved it. Couldn't, mm-hmm. you know, couldn't stop talking about it. Had a lot of fun. And it's still, you know, it gets shown a lot. I've seen it in a lot of revival houses. Yeah. Uh, well, it definitely found a cult following. Um, it didn't do so well in the yeah the initial release. In the they initial really release. didn't market it well. Yeah, when it well, came out, when the stuff we watched, one of the people said that they thought it was because it wasn't marketed well. But then somebody else said, you know, they didn't think that it was it wasn't really just the marketing problem. It was they didn't really know how to market it because yeah, was it a horror it movie? Like, was it a kids movie? Yeah, was it a comedy? Like it was wasn't it a horror really movie? A kids movie because some of it was a little too horrific for kids. But then it. At some point, it felt like it was. It wasn't a straight up horror movie. movie, Yeah. So, and somebody said, you know, if they made it today, maybe they would tone it down a little bit. But I really think that would ruin the movie. Yeah, if they tone it down, it would be ridiculous. Yeah, I can't imagine them trying to do it today and marketing it more for kids. They couldn't because they would one, they would change the monsters so much, and they would water down the kids as you know, because kids can't act like real kids in movies now, which is weird. Yeah. You know, we, the more we progress and become more... It's like they have to be instant adults. Or they have to be little kids. Or they have to they be have tiny, to, yeah. you, know, you know, not real kids. Yeah. I mean, real kids, in, you know, 10, 11, 12, curse when they're alone. You know, they, they some of them, some of them smoke. So, you know, they're, they're kids. What every kid goes through. And these kids act like real kids, you know. Yeah. I mean, they don't curse every other word, but they'll like, "Oh shit!" now and again, and yeah, and stuff like that. And like the kids in sleepaway camp. I mean, they, right. those were real kids acting like real kids. And this is kind of the same. Oh, one thing I did want to mention too is, uh, they do reunions, and a lot of the some of the uh, cast has been doing conventions the last however many years, except Brett Chalum or Callum Chalum, I think played Horace, fat kid. My 
touring. He passed away in 97 yeah. with a complication of pneumonia. Yeah, it's really sad. And he was only in his like 20s or something, I think. Yeah, he was very young. Yeah. He has a great scene at the end with the Gill Man there. Yeah. And, oh, that's another thing, too. None of the none of the kids, none of them ever refer to the creature by name. They oh. never say creature from the Black Lagoon. Don't they always say Gill Man? I don't know if they say Gill Man. I don't think they even refer to him at all. I think at some point somebody said Gill Man because yeah. I remember them saying Gill Man. Yeah. Or somebody said they Gill might. Man. He's in the credits listed as Gill Man. Okay. Yeah. Somebody said Gill Man at some point because I remember thinking, oh, we're calling him Gill Man, not Creature. Mm-hmm. Another a couple of cool things. Little trivia things in here is when they look at the map for Shatterbrook Lane mm-hmm. and it shows the map and then across town you see there's a college. It says Cheney College. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. And when you fir- when they go into Dracula's castle at the beginning mm-hmm. and there's some armadillos walking around in the castle. Yeah. Uh, that's a nod back to the original 1931 Lugosi Dracula when Renfield shows up in the castle and there's some armadillos walking around because they were kind of exotic looking animals then. Right. Dracula's castle is in Transylvania. Uh-huh. Armadillos are exclusively unique yeah. to the Americas. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. They were they were imported special. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, oh, and the little girl, uh, Ashley Bank is her name, who grew up in his cute as hell. Yeah. And if she's listening, you're cute as hell. <laughs> She seems so down to earth. I liked watching her on the interview. Yeah, she the interviews, the interviews she seems really cool and thoroughly all of them seemed, pleased that they had a great time. Yeah, yeah. Know. All of them seemed just really pleased and, and excited to have been a part of the project and, yeah. and excited and happy that it turned into what it is now. You yeah. Know, just a real true, you know, love for the film for what it was, a tribute and yeah. you know, true love. She um actually at the time she turned down Fatal Attraction. To play the little girl in Fatal Attraction. Right. To be in Monster Squad. Yeah. Which, you're glad she did. I mean, you know. Yeah. Who the hell's holding revivals for Fatal Attraction? Exactly. Or gives a shit about that movie now, <laughs> you know? I mean, notorious film, but I don't know who that little kid was. No. <laughs> now, here's one of the coolest things. I've got to, actually, I'm going to probably read this verbatim off IMDb. They've talked over the years about doing a reboots, remakes, even doing a sequel, which a sequel would be cool. Yeah. Coming back with them as adults, getting the Monster Squad back together, if they could do it in the spirit of the original movie and not have it too cynical and, and today-like. Yeah. Without getting silly. But, okay, about a year after Monster Squad was finished, mm-hmm. Shane Black and Fred Decker worked together again writing something called uh, The Shadow Company. It was a script to be uh, an action horror film about a group of U.S. Special Forces soldiers who died during the Vietnam War. And years later, the soldiers, whose members were of secret army experiments, rise up from the graves as unstoppable zombies. They go to a nearby army base, get a bunch of weapons, and go destroy the town to which they were buried in, killing everybody. Okay. Cool concept, right? Mm Mm-hmm. That sounds okay. That sounds kind of interesting. Sounds kind of cool. Yeah. But here's where it gets really good. Okay. The movie was going to be directed by John Carpenter. I'm in. Produced by Walter Hill. Right. And starring Kurt Russell. I'm totally in. What? Where's this movie? Where is, yeah. Where's that movie? (laughs) Where's that movie? And the company. Make it. The company, Shane Black and Fred Decker. Yep. Was going to be Black and Decker. So... (laughs) Maybe that's why they couldn't do it, because they couldn't get that copyright. <laughs> Maybe so. Yeah. But 
man, I would see that. So see that movie. Yeah, that would that would be awesome. Now we can't talk about the movie Monster Squad without talking about the Saturday morning TV show Monster Squad. Right. My name's Walt. I work as night watchman here at Fred's Wax Museum to put myself through criminology college. It used to be very lonely until recently when I plugged in my crime computer. Suddenly, oscillating vibrations brought to life three legendary monsters. Dracula. The werewolf. And Frankenstein. Creatures hated and feared for centuries now determined to make up for their past misbehaving by fighting crime wherever they find it. Together... We're the Monster Squad. In the in the mid 70s, I was a real little kid watching Saturday morning cartoons every day. And there were a lot of live action shows in the middle of the cartoons. For anybody who didn't grow up in that era, yes, we had one day all morning long until mid-afternoon. It was just cartoons on every station. Kids shows. Mm-hmm. When this and movie that was it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was awesome. There weren't cartoons on the channel all the time. This was the only time you get cartoons, really. Yeah. You lived all week long for For Saturday Saturday morning. (laughs) And it was glorious. I miss it so much. (laughs) Saturday's just not whatever now, you know. And you could get Count Chocula all year long back then. (laughs) Now I got to wait till Halloween every every year. Speaking of, you got to go get them. Oh, yes. Coming up. They're they're in a couple stores now, I hear. Target, anybody listening? Monster Serials. But during this time, one of the shows was called, was the Monster Squad. And when I heard this movie was being made, Monster Squad, in you know, 87, I was like, they're making a movie, the TV show. <laughs> and then it wasn't the TV show. I was like, oh, I'll watch it anyway. But the TV show was cool because it was Gopher from the Love Boat, before Love Boat, mm-hmm. was Walt, a, a criminal science major working part-time at the museum, or the Wax Museum. And he installed... In the Wax Museum, hidden, so it, it folds down in one of the exhibits and comes out. He's a night watchman at the Wax Museum. His crime computer. And when he turns it on, it brings to life monsters of history or legend. Dracula, Frankenstein, and the Wolfman who want to atone for their past evil deeds by fighting crime. Oh, my. <laughs> is awesome. I have never seen any of these. Oh, oh. you ha- I haven't shown you any of these? No. Holy crap, I can't believe that. You have done me a misdeed, sir. Oh, we'll fix that. As <laughs> soon as this is over, if we got the time. I, it, it, yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, it, and once again, glorious. Uh, cheesy 70s Saturday morning kids show. Yeah. That's what it is. You got to watch it in that frame of mind. Sure, of course. Like, like the original, the Ghostbusters TV show. Right. Have I shown you those yet? Of course. Okay. Along those lines. Right. And you've got a couple of characters, Henry Pollock playing Dracula. You've seen other play, And they're the you know, the classic looks without stepping on copyrights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Frankenstein is kind of like a little kid, big, strongest. And the Wolfman, though, the Wolfman looks really cool. Mm-hmm. He's played, well, and here's the, the Apes connection to all of it. And when we play the Apes game, I won't go this way because I'm giving it away right now. I was right going to say, but we haven't played yet. Well, there's so many ways you can go with that. Okay. He's played by Buck Cartillion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Buck Cartillion was Julius mm-hmm. in the first Planet of the Apes movie. Okay. And he was also, oh, was it in Conquest? I think he was one of the gorillas in Conquest also. Okay. Of the Planet of the Apes. So he was in a couple of Planet of the Apes films. And he uh, is the Wolfman, Bruce W. Uh, Wolf. <laughs> the Wolfman in this. 
And, and of course, they have a van, a Monster Squad van, which looks kind of like the A-Team van, except it's got skulls on it, long before the A-Team came out. That's such a fun show, especially if you grew up on it from that era. And then they made this movie, much like they had a Ghostbusters show, and they made the Ghostbusters movies. I do believe it's still available on DVD, if you get on Amazon, the whole series, Mm -hmm. which is only like two seasons, I think. And as far as I know, Monster Squad here is still available on DVD. The movie here, that we've been talking about, is still available on DVD. I think the Blu-ray they came out with a couple years ago was out of print, though. Oh, really? I think I read that somewhere. Yeah, you have to check on that. But I believe the DVD is still available. And I'm sure it's under 20 bucks. Yeah, Uh, I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. And if you have not seen this movie, do yourself a favor. Get some pizza, some popcorn tonight. Find this movie. Watch it. It's a joy. Yeah, if you love the classic monsters, it's... It's so much fun. It's such a tribute. If you like kids' action movies, it's it's great. Show this to your kids to get them, get them into the classic stuff. I can't say enough good things about this movie. Yeah. It is so it much really fun. It's a great film. I don't believe there was ever any merchandising or anything for it because, it, you know, it's just a one-off film. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was actually some merchandising for the TV show from the <laughs> 70s. And I have a couple pieces from that. Yeah. Working on more. But, yeah, this is, uh, it's right up there. It's one of those movies I can watch over and over again. And yep. never get tired of it. So awesome. I think that's about it. I believe so. I'll just keep on gushing if we go on. <laughs> well, before we go, we do have to play the Planet of the Apes game. Already. So the world revolves that. around Planet of the Apes. Yes, we can. And anything can be connected back to Planet of the Apes, which we will, barring the Buck Cartillion connection. Okay. So from Monster Squad the movie, let's go with Duncan Rieger. Duncan Rieger who was Dracula in this movie, The Monster Squad. Mm -hmm. Duncan Rieger was also in V, the TV series. Mm -hmm. He was on four or five episodes of that. Okay. The regular cast member in that was uh, this guy named Robert England. (laughs) Just a guy named Robert England. Some guy named Robert England, who was also in Eaten Alive, with, oh, I can go two ways with this. Do Pick you want? One. I can go William Finley, or I can go Neville Brand. Well, I love William Finley. Okay, William Finley was in Eaten Alive with Robert England. William mm-hmm. Finley was also the Phantom of the Paradise mm-hmm. with Paul, Paul Williams, Williams. <laughs> who was Virgil in Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Good night. <laughs> well, as soon as you said William Finley, I knew where you were going. Yay me! Yay! <laughs> so, what was the other way? Uh, if you go Neville Brand, uh, Neville Brand was in Laredo with William Smith, ah. and William Smith was on an episode of the Planet Apes TV show. Also, mm-hmm. I could have done that with Mark Singer from V. Okay. When we went to V, mm-hmm. because Mark Singer was on played William Smith's son in that episode of Planet of the Apes the TV <laughs> show. <laughs> so many connections to Planet yeah. of the Apes. You know, I really I need to go back and watch the TV show. Mm-hmm. And look at that, because there were a lot of character actors. Yeah, the Apes TV show. Because there's a lot of character actors Mm -hmm. and old actors that played apes on that Uh. that I forgot about and didn't even know. It's like uh, Beverly Garland. Yeah. She was an ape on that. And there's a handful of others that ended up, Mm -hmm. and it's like, holy crap. Well, maybe we'll do that. Yeah. Cool. So anyway. Well, once again, you have proven the world does indeed revolve around Planet of the Apes. Yep. Good job. Yes, it does. Thank you. All right. I think that's about it. That's Monster it. Squad. Monster done. Squad. 
watch it. And hey, as always, check the Phantasmo After Dark Facebook page. Yep. I'll be putting up a bunch of pictures from this film and a couple from the TV show. I'll throw the trailer up there and uh, drop us a line on there. Please do. Yeah. If you like what we're doing, if you don't like what we're doing, if you got any suggestions of you know, maybe films we ought to talk yeah, about. Yeah, and this one was a suggestion. This so was a suggestion, yes. And uh, You suggested this, Rob? So. Yeah, actually, uh, Tim King, listener up in Richmond, I believe, mm-hmm. big Destroyer fan guy, got a bond over the Destroyer, <laughs> suggested that we ought to do Monster Squad. And I'm like, well, duh, why hadn't we done that yet? So thanks for that, Tim. Hope you enjoy the episode here. <laughs> <laughs> and that's about it, I guess. I think so. So, yeah, so drop us a line, check out the page, and... Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. Good night. Meeting adjourned.